everybody, this is Chris from Brothers Be Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And I'm over with my co-hosts, Darnell. And Ricky. All right, and we're Brothers Be Podcast, and my name is Chris. And like we normally do, we like to kind of start a week off as we normally do and kind of talk about what's been going on in everybody's week so far. Let me start off. I know my week actually has been productive and well, so I can't really speak too bad about anything. Everything, everything's been good. I, honestly, That's everything. A good thing. When, when it's going smoothly? Me, okay. There, there's a couple things that occur, but 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 I'm glad it actually occurred. It gave me a sense of, and I just had a conversation with Rick, and it just it gives me a sense of the things you learn in life about yeah. yourself. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm glad I actually am able to see yeah. see certain things that are kind of how people react to me, how people you know take certain things. And there was one particular piece of advice that I did not take, <laughs> and I was telling Ricky about this one lady who was actually in Starbucks, and what she said was like she you know she of course I know Hispanic culture and there was a Hispanic couple there and she was also Hispanic and what she said was uh, I want you to sit down because you know they believe in witches and you know certain things that not necessarily like evil witches but uh-huh. in terms of you know, storytelling yeah, telling the history yeah. and you know things that their, their well, right and, and she embrace. sat me down and she said this one thing I pulled up this card this card was actually a lady was blindfolded with two swords standing right and across across her chest on a podium Mm-hmm. And there's a number two at the bottom. And she said, well, number one, the two stands for you can withstand anything. The amount of pressure that you can actually, that lays on top of you, you can simply bounce right back. She okay. said, that's why the shape of the two is what it is. And then she also said, you have to understand, everybody's not going to relate to you the same way. Mm-hmm. So all you need to do is just tell them, I'm sorry. And, of course, the pride of you is like, mm-hmm. I apologize for shit. This ain't not, but she said, no, 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 no. This is not, it's, it's correction. It's not for them. It really is for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you don't want any sort of energy mm-hmm. around you that's ill. Yeah. But take those swords and cut it off. And I said, you know what? I have yet to apply. And I'm going to start applying. Because I learned a little conversation occurred you know, at the club this week. And I was like, but you t- I'll take away everything as a lesson. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm going to start implementing this lesson. Wait, you were at a coffee shop and she just decided to drop this knowledge on you? Yeah, because I saw I, I asked for her card. I was at Starbucks. And I, I asked for her card. I said, you know what? I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. Can I get your card? She okay. said, she just said... Sit down. And mind you, I go to the Starbucks. I've uh-huh. been. I go to the Starbucks weekly. I've never uh-huh. seen him or this lady. So I was like, well, "Where's my invitation?" Are you sure she wasn't a witch or a ghost? No, no, she no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she just showed up for you. <laughs> but it was good. It was yeah. good. I'm glad I I got that piece of advice and I said, you know what? It's been about a year now. I'm gonna start applying applying this. I you want know, you to do it be, and be conscious of it, yeah. and then give us some feedback on how it's I'm been gonna, going. T- I'm I have no problem because I always look at things. What's your takeaway? I always ask myself. Yeah. That's a corporate question, of course. What's your takeaway? Yeah. And that's my takeaway. It took me about a year, but I'm going to start applying it. So, you, know, you have to be ready for it, though. That's bingo. You have, to, you have to be mentally and spiritually and emotionally. All that has to come together, and you have to be ready for it. I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. Speaking of mystics and Latin culture, what you just said <laughs> reminded me of some, a story that my friend told me this week. My friend, she's, she's 26. She lives with her mother and her younger sister. And they all recently moved out of their house because um, my friend's aunt died a few months ago. And oh, wow. She was Santeria. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was. She practiced that, and she died a few months ago. And 
they believe that her ghost followed them to their new house. I heard that. I've I've heard that. I've heard that before. That is nuts to me. Like she said she said uh, certain things were happening. Like she felt like a brush of like hot air by her, like in the kitchen. I thought it was cold air. Something. (laughs) Some kind of air. I don't want some random air on me. You should should do something else. (laughs) You never know. Um, and like something have her mother like blessed the the house and she left the Bible open to a certain page. And then when the girl, when my friend got back to her room, it was on a different page. And it was like on Job something. And apparently Job, like, pledged himself to Satan or something. No, he was was the one that, I guess, a conversation between God and the devil. Mm -hmm. Job was supposed to be one of the... The the man that God knew that he could he could count on him no matter what. Yeah. And Satan wanted to challenge that. So God said, Okay, well let's let's just do this little bit. Let's just, you know, see what happens. You can do whatever you want to do, but I think he said he didn't allow him to, to kill him or to, or to touch him. So he was able to do things around him. He his his whole entire family, um, he killed his family. Um, he, his fortune was gone. He took everything away from him mm-hmm. just to oh, that's to, right. to prove yeah. you know, to see which side he was going to go Exactly. Oh. He, was gonna he would text to his... Yeah, right, oh, right. Yeah. What, what I remember now. Was, what did he do? He still... He still, he still beside he uh, by his beliefs. All right. Make it seem like we <laughs> just don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> but you know, I've learned a story too. I did. I can share that. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I know how to say his name right. I didn't say Job, did I? Yeah. So no, you yeah. said Joe. Thank, <laughs> Joe. thank you, Thank you, Joe. I was like, what book was this in? <laughs> <laughs> like, what book Bible is she reading? Um, but but uh, other than that, my week, my week has been all right. Um, Let's see. I what? No, I'm going on a date Wednesday. <gasps> oh, all right. What? Go me. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, and okay. How, how'd you, like, okay, start from the beginning. How'd you meet? Oh, <laughs> online. I have brought that <laughs> up. <laughs> online. That's the only way you meet people. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with online. No. Way to meet people. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For, for. yeah. But, you can meet know, a lot of people. Exactly. And, and you have a. Uh, you can talk to whoever exactly. you want to talk to. And if it doesn't work, hey, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, we you talked. We talked for a while, and then we exchanged numbers. We talked oh. a little bit more. And then we actually talked on the phone. Okay, and like you conversation. <laughs> yeah, the conversation went well because I don't like giving out my number to people. Cause yeah, because you never. Know. I don't blame you on that. Exactly, I'm yeah. not the Crazy. first person to give a number. Exactly, yeah. and we talked on the phone. We decided we're going to go out Wednesday, and oh. I am looking forward to it. However, however, damn! You know what happens if you've been single for a while? You get really comfortable in your singleness. Then you know what I mean? You're aware of it. though. See, you're aware. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're still going outside of your. Comfortable. Exactly. Right. We just had this conversation. We just had this conversation. <laughs> but being comfortable sometimes is a disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is a That's disease. True. It's but true. the beauty of it is that you are aware that Bingo. you have been, you're comfortable I in the single life. I like being comfortable. But do you like what? being single? <laughs> do you like being single? Aspects of it, yes. Okay. Not feeling That's not, a fair not, not feeling obligated to somebody well, is you're not, nice. You're, so you don't want a relationship. I do want a relationship. But that shit goes out you the window. You agree. That shit goes out the window. You know what? So you, so you know it's kind of funny that you mentioned this in terms of compromise. We'll touch on that. Yeah. Oh. We'll touch on that. Go ahead. We'll get to that. How was your week, Ricky? Well, I'm going to 
fall off or come off of the, okay. the relationship piece because I don't know anybody who has a haunted house or anything. So I can't. <laughs> I can't you can't <laughs> jump in there. Yeah, I can't jump into that. So I'm just going to jump into love. Oh. Um, I, I know, right? <laughs> Such me a love my, person. Yeah, yeah, my That's your lane. We, we celebrated our one year anniversary. Uh, what? Yes. We had a nice little dinner. We hung out. So it was, it was nice. It was nice. Look my work was going really well. Things were going really well on my wait, job. Wait, wait, anniversary sex? Oh my God! You I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Okay, okay. I'm gonna say it's part of it. It is part of it. It's some part of it. And it's not just on anniversary. I mean, right. that's that's right. just for amateurs, right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow, that's for amateurs. That's true. Just for that's that. like after like 20 years of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! You do different things when you you know when you when you want together that long and. Mm-hmm. Things are like that. You have to do different things. You have to top yourself. Right. That's Ooh. how you keep them. Somebody's getting topped. Uh, 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 you know what? We're going to move on. At <laughs> this segment, we're going to move on to our Brother Speak Culture moment. This is where we actually <laughs> talk about a few things where a couple of things you may already know, a couple of things you may not have already known. If you don't know it, well, then damn it, you heard it from us first. So I'm going to get this over to Darnell. Darnell, take it away. That was great, Chris. Um, question: Has everyone paid their taxes? No. Oh, no. Are you are you Gladys Knight's son? No, well, Knight's son. <laughs> Gladys Knight, her oh, son. Oh, oh my God! They yeah. shut everything down. They even took the plates from him. What's going on? Okay, Gladys Knight's son uh, runs uh, three restaurants mm-hmm. in Georgia. He <laughs> used to anyway <laughs> Called Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles Okay Now it's hers in only name Like it's in name only Oh but, he restaurant. but you know he's, She was like If it was your baby You're like Well okay I'll give you my name baby Yeah We'll do one of those And apparently He has not been paying his taxes <gasps> mm-hmm. On these restaurants mm-hmm. To the tune of I'll say I'll quote it State officials accuse Hankerson His name is his first name is Shanga. Shanga Hangerson. And he's kind of cute. Uh, state <laughs> officials accuse Hangerson of stealing over $650,000 in sales tax and withholding taxes owed to the state of Georgia. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I don't understand why a person would think that they can get away from Right. Virus. Not a business. It just, okay. It does not Personal taxes... You know what you yes. do, and I've done this before. You have a certain when when the government owes you, you mm-hmm. can you have a certain period oh, yeah. of time, but you have a certain minute of years to be able to get that money. Yeah. But when you are business, I will yeah. never try that shit. Exactly. If you owe, if you you owe money. and because the thing about it is they are cruel. Oh, Not yeah. only will they try to get what you owe them, they will continue to give you a penalty on top. Yeah. Me, I don't. Uh, ooh, ooh, Lord yeah. Jesus, I, I, what business happened to them? It's what awesome. happened? Well, they arrested him. He turned himself in. He was on vacation in Florida, <laughs> and he went back to Georgia to turn himself in. And well, at least he went out. With he kind of went out like a a, a, a mafia <laughs> yeah, guy, right? So, yeah, like, yeah, you're he was like, on vacation, yeah, you know, yeah. quote unquote. Like, well, I guess I'll go with Goodfellas. Like Goodfellas, the guy was like, uh, he got into the jail. He, he got into the limousine correction. <laughs> he had a nice little party, little restaurant. You know, what he give his wife a little kiss, and then he went to the limousine. Okay, take me to jail. I, that's exactly good that's fellas. probably what he was thinking. That, right? I, I did like that scene. Not a movie. I did he like to realize that though. But yeah. he took a vacation before he went. Well, he's there, it's, well it's, apparently it's he was using that money to you know impress women, get nice cars, spend money, you know, living the lifestyle. It, it's living just. Vida loca. <laughs> yeah, no, he really was. Man, damn. Crazy fucking. So life. how many years they gonna give him? 
No idea. Oh, because this is this just no happened. It just like, happened. Like, he just turned himself in ago. Friday or Saturday. So what? Yeah. So yeah, it, we'll we'll see what. But happens. I like I said, I heard that they were pulling plates from people. Some people had just gotten their plates and they came in. And they said, "You are kidding me." No, that's what uh, what's his what? name? Uh, um, I was gonna <laughs> show. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you know what? <laughs> but it may have been true. You don't know. They may have busted in and said, "Okay, everybody, put your plates up. We you got know. you got to leave." Yeah, I don't know. You got the syrup all ready to go over <laughs> your waffles. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going over my chicken. I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh." I paid for this. this. Exactly. Wow, I cannot believe this. Wow, this mm-hmm. is, you are after him, not me. I'm taking my plate with me. That is wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Man. Um, another thing I wanted to quickly speak on is um Frank Ocean. Everyone knows that Frank Ocean came out as yeah. either gay or bi. He didn't really ago. come out as gay. He never really said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it wasn't explicitly said. Yeah. But Even though he gave a nice little letter that kind of said, did. well, kind of does <laughs> explain it. Well, yeah. you know, for Frank Ocean letters, he wrote another one in the reaction to the Orlando shooting. And I wanted to quote some of it because I think a number of people can relate to this. He says, I was six years old when I heard my dad call our transgender waitress a faggot. As he dragged me out, a neighborhood diner saying we wouldn't be served because she was dirty. That was the last afternoon I saw my father and the first time I heard that word, I think. Although it wouldn't shock me if it wasn't. Many hate us and wish we didn't exist. Many are annoyed by our wanting to be married like everyone else or use the correct restroom like everyone else. Many don't see anything wrong with passing down the same old values that send thousands of kids into suicidal depression Mm. each year. Wow. Yeah, the thing about this is that you don't hear many people like at his level. I know he's not like a superstar, but he's pretty damn famous. He like, yeah, like a, so a B or C celebrity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For him to speak that that, very, that directly yeah. about the yeah. actual. He's being transparent. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing that I like. That's that's what I like about it too. And one one final thing, um, he says, "I want to know what others hear. I'm scared to know, but I want to know what everyone hears when they talk to God. Do they hear?" Do the insane hear the voice distorted? Do the indoctrinated hear another voice entirely? That's an interesting thought. Mm. Because that I would like to know. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, it's like... What some people just hear voices, period. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's God. Maybe they think that that's God, but that's just you know one of the voices in their head that's telling them something that you know nobody else hears. Right. Except right. that. But... I don't know. That's just that would be an interesting wow. to see. That's I like that. I, that yeah, I it's it's deep. Like, yeah, it's I'm really deep. I'm really curious about the whole indoctrination of like because a lot of people learn religion when they're really little kids, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get taught the Bible when you're little. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a real chance to formulate your own opinions until you're an adult. No. And this is already influenced. And a you're large right, part it's of your still life. embedded in your brain at that particular. Yeah. Point. Well, I think it takes a while. Takes me, a lot to take away. I. Um, it's just something that. Some people are chosen to understand. Some get it. Mm-hmm. Even I remember when I was little, the first time I remember hearing um, a sermon that stuck with me, um, I was like maybe six. And I still remember to this day, we were um, leaving church. My mom asked, so what did you get from the sermon? And I quoted to her what the minister said, which was, uh, what you put into things, you get out of them. That was the the topic of his of his sermon for that Sunday. But I remember going through life, understanding things that I probably shouldn't have understood, based upon just that umption or that whatever it right. is that's inside me that's that connects me with God. Yeah. And that's how some people, you know, it, it's just it's intuitive. Like my friend, she she's Christian. She told me something similar. She said she was around eight when she 
like Jesus spoke to her and yeah. she accepted him as her savior. Yeah. Like she was eight years old and she made yeah. the and decision I was like that same choice. Listen, yeah. I was ah. like that same age because I had yeah. no idea when I stood up that Sunday at church. Because um, they would, you, you know, the doors of the church would be open and you can come in and you can sit up and you come up to the front. And I was really, really, really super shy, like Michael Jackson shy. So my thing was I always was afraid to get up in front of people. Um, and that particular <coughs> Sunday, it was like I just stood up and that's all I remember. I stood up and it was something that said, now you're supposed to do this. You know, that's a very good observation. Let me tell you, at six, them, them benches were very comfortable. They have, you know, <laughs> and when, I was, so, when I was sleeping, I didn't hear none of what the, I had to get woken up I don't know how many times. Yep. Listen, you, you you were very good. I can honestly say that. I just looked to, all the time I woke up to see people shopping. That was the only time. No, I, I did that too. I did too because I took me out from my mama's lap. She would put put her uh, handkerchief on her uh, her skirt so that I wouldn't slob on her skirt, and she would let me take a nap. That's what I did. Uh-uh, I would have to be uh-uh, wake up, wake up, no stop sleeping. That, that's <laughs> what I got. I don't know about everybody else. But, well, mm. this could be a whole separate topic. Could, I, know, I, know. I know. Sleeping in the house of the right <laughs> to conform or uh, not to conform. <laughs> <laughs> One final thing is um, Kanye West. Oh, oh y'all want to know what he's done now? Y'all know what he's done now? We know well, he owes his taxes. We know the bitch ain't. No. You know, what? He no. What? Kanye West is famous, and he has famous friends, and he thinks he's made everybody else famous. He released uh, a music video uh, Friday night, in which he has himself in bed with Kim and a host of other celebrities naked. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> this is this a video? Yes. This is a video. Is this an illusion? The, the, wait, the real life celebrities are in this video. No, no, no. Not oh. the real life celebrities. Oh. It's him for sure. He's real life. But they have realistic sculptures of people like, let me read to you everyone in the video. Oh, my he is God. Shot off. <laughs> He's lost his damn mind. Oh, my God. We have Kim Kardashian. Yeah. We have Rihanna. Anna, what? Anna Wintour. She was probably there for real. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop that. Well, she has no problem showing her nipples. I know. You know that's free why the nipple. I said that. Um, Anna Wintour, Donald Trump, Ooh. Caitlyn Jenner, Bill Cosby, Amber Rose, Ray J, Chris Brown, and of course, Taylor Swift. Okay, stop the music. This list stop is, the music. is Something that, that list don't even make sense. Wait, these Taylor? are all people sort of connected to him. That he's so Donald to Trump? But these people, were they naked? They were naked and in bed. Let me show you part of the picture. Oh, no, I don't want to see it. Let me know, I, need, I need to see it. Okay. I... Okay, uh, this is the picture. <laughs> my picture, I'm, the picture right has now, it's a GQ Kanye, magazine here. And, well, and, this and, the the, the article is from GQ, but yeah. the video is released on Title exclusive. Uh, so we have Kanye in the middle with Kim next to him, her butt in the air exposed, and on <laughs> and on uh, his right is Taylor Swift shirtless, it, laying in bed. Okay, let me find the full picture to show y'all. Oh God! Okay. Everybody's naked. Yep. Even Donald Trump. Yep. You can see. You can see Donald's. You know, meaty white ass. Okay. See, this is the part that. Okay. Oh. We have all known for quite some time. Kanye West is a very ego-driven yes. individual. Yes. Very so egotistical. To me, to me, unbelievable. Everything that is driven by ego, he got himself in this particular spot because of it. now. He ego has driven him to a way of success. We get it, but like they always say, 
too much of anything is not always a good thing. Yes. And because of the fact that he has basically immersed himself in ego, and I'm here looking at this picture, and, and it's disgusting. Something. It literally shows a lot of people. They're literally right. everybody. They're, they're wrapped in sheets. Some should be more all naked. Some should have more <laughs> sheet than others. And, and I'm looking at this this picture, and I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did he think that he made all these people famous when they already were famous? Yeah. Um, that's what ego does to you, man. He's he's drowning. <laughs> right. He's no, drowning in mental. That's crazy. He's in that mental sauce right now. Somebody right. shot his, por- his like, porch light out. Like you have people like Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was famous before. Before he, you even born, born, son. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. you did not make him famous. Donald Trump. Come on, really? I mean, Kim Kim was already showing exactly. her ass before yeah. she met with you. Matter of fact, her ass being famous got you exactly. to her ass. Now, the honestly, the only one it. he made famous in this entire list was Taylor Amber Rose. Rose. What about Taylor Swift? Amber Taylor, when they went she on was, awards, and she was pretty. She was famous. She was pretty before. famous before, but she, yeah, he, he, he put her on an yeah, upper her up. echelon. Yeah. Like he, she suddenly when was like by dissing her. Yeah. yeah, by dissing her and making her a wounded gazelle. Like yeah. she suddenly and like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen. I mean, by the way, like I said, he's already been drowning this sauce for some years. That, exactly. I, to me, that's what honestly got his ass in debt right now—fifteen million, I believe, or something wow. like that. Yeah. So, listen, get off the sauce. You know, at some point, yeah. just restructure. Look at everything around you, and don't get me wrong. It is. It's gonna make a great album when he actually get becomes two. Right now he's just a little bit unconscious and ego, yeah. but he'll make a nice album later on in life. He used right to now. actually talk about topics, but now all he does is talk about himself. That's all. Yeah. And guess what? Every rapper does it. So right now he's just yep. like everybody else, average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make good beats, yeah. but you still average. Because before it was yes, different. Man. Before he was, it was different. Exactly. You had something to say. Yeah, now you're exactly. not. Sorry, Kanye. Who are the hell? All right. So now this brings up to our main topic. This is where we actually discuss something of interest for the black LGBT community. And I want to kind of start off with a little story. Terry. Terry grows up. He's actually a young kid in college trying to inspire to be better than he is. He's very proud. He got his college degree. He's been looking at all the things in life and the world to him right now is his oyster. So he is looking to prove that he is capable of taking on the biggest challenges and to make a success out of himself. So he actually goes into this corporation. And he's been hoping for an interview for quite some time, and he finally gets in there. He wows everybody. Everybody loves him. And then basically from there, he actually they offer him a position. Now, this position is pretty much entry level, but guess what? That's where we all starts. But he didn't care. He is just ready to take on this job. So he proves himself. After about six months, seven months, eight months, the managers are just kind of wow with him. It's not many African-American people that are in this corporation, but he seems to be capturing their attention. Now, they move him up to possibly assistant management team leader. He begins to take on those roles. And, you know, good year in, and he begins to just continue to wow his creativity, his enthusiasm, etc. Then they offer him the assistant management position. But in order to kind of proceed to the next level, he must get trained and he must fly out of town. He flies out of town, but he said, before you do that, can you do me one thing? Could you cut your beard? Now, He's like, why am I need to cut my beard? I mean, I've been doing good this whole time. What do I need to cut my beard for? Well, you need to kind of impress the executives up there. And I want to make sure that we give off a good impression to them because you're not just impressing me, but I want to show them that I made the right pick as well. So you're also showing them my picks as well. So I want you to go up there, cut off your beard. He's been growing his beard for quite some time. He's had his beard all throughout college. He goes up. 
he decides, should I or should I not? He looks in the mirror late at night, says, should I cut my beard or should I not cut my beard? So that's the question I'm putting out today. Mm. The thing about it is how I view it on this particular thing, because the question is, you know, Sometimes people look at his hair. Some people look at his clothing. So whatever the case of it is, whether it holds weight or not, but it still shows individuality. So the yeah. question is, the image, which one's more important, the self-image or the company image? I uh, worked for a Fortune 500 company. It's like top eight um, within that category. I started to grow my dreadlocks when I was in my early 20s. 24 maybe and I my story is similar to, to, to Terry um, they saw my work they knew that I was capable of doing everything that I wanted to do I moved from job to job to job and I accomplished what I wanted to with each one of those jobs so it came to the point where one of the big guys came to me and he said okay well we want to consider you for a management position so I started to go through the process of um, everything that I needed to do taking my tests and all that stuff and it got down to the very last moment. We were walking uh, to his office, and you know, he was a black guy. So it wasn't you know very many of us in the company that were at the top. So we were walking, and he just kind of give me would give me tips and hints on different things or what to do and what not to do. And he says to me, "You know, you're gonna have to cut your dreadlocks." And it's like time stopped. I was like, I just started to grow them. I actually am becoming attached to them. So. Um, I thought about it for like a day and I told him I just don't feel comfortable in doing That's just not something that I feel like I want to do right now. Um, they had originally come to me to ask me. So it's not like I feel like I should, should uh, because you've asked me, I shouldn't, I should be perfect because you've asked me. I didn't come to you and ask you. I'm not asking you for anything. So that's the way I looked at it. It's like, okay, well, if you're asking me, I should be a shoe in because there's nothing wrong with me. You like my work, you know that I'm, you know, one of the best people that, you know, is in this particular building right now. So why do I need to um, look a certain way? And to me, after thinking about it, after, you know, years and years and years, it's like, okay, well, that was, I think, his perception. It wasn't what um, the company was asking for. That was his perception as a black man to think, okay, well, this is what's acceptable um, what I feel is acceptable to the people that are running the company, which happens to be you know, the Caucasians. He felt that that was something that needed to be done in order for me to be accepted by them. But I found out a couple years later that there were people who actually were being uh, accepted into management who had dreadlocks. So it's like, okay, well, had I given into it or, or decided to, to do what he felt I should have done, um, that probably would have altered my life because me having dreadlocks is allow me to move through life and to discover me in different ways. It's not necessarily about um, what I look like, it's about what um, I'm able to, to do and, and to discover and, and to the, the things that I've been able to experience because of this. It's giving me more confidence, but at the same time it's still me. So in the future I'm going to be cutting my hair off, but it'll be on my terms when I choose to do it. Not because somebody else is telling me to do it. So what what happened after you said you're not going to cut your hair? Did it, did it affect your prospects at the company? or? Well, I mean, I just decided, okay, this is not something I want to do because I feel like there are going to be other things that I'm going to be asked to do that I wouldn't feel comfortable with doing. 
So I just said, you know what, I'm going to just take a different route. So I didn't go into management, but I did other things within the company. Okay, so there wasn't any sort of retaliation or anything? No, I mean, he was, was, I guess, guess a little disappointed because Mm -hmm. he had kind of handpicked me and said, okay, I like you, and I want you to do this. Um, But to me, it was like that wasn't what I came to the company to do anyway. Because I was going to school at the same time. So it was like, okay, well, take it or leave it. It doesn't really matter to me. You're the one who asked me to do it. Because my life is going to go on regardless. And it did. So I think I think as black people, we've always been under the impression that if we assimilate into the mm-hmm. white culture, the mainstream culture, they'll accept exactly. us more. And I think what we've found, especially recently, is that that is simply not the case. Exactly. We could... We could speak well, dress well, mm-hmm. and it really ultimately, if we're if we're still we still have the same skin color, we still have the same African features, we're still black. They will treat us any way they choose to. I'm going to completely disagree with both of you, and the reason why I disagree is because of the fact that with that assimilation, the things that you guys are talking about, I think overall when you look back into history, there's several things that people do not consider. There's several things in terms of, well, number one, opportunity that's a given to us. You have to look at at that particular time frame in terms of how people, certain opportunities that were normally given to white men that were not given to black men, you were able to get into it in some form or fashion. And you would try what it takes to prove yourself. Now, you're sometimes you are the only one and you're looking at many faces that do not look like yours. And when they don't look like yours, in order to get in some things you feel that you must do. Now, some people are given some choices that they probably don't want to face. Maybe cutting off your dress, cutting off your beards, changing in your clothing, maybe talking properly, a little bit more proper, that sees a little bit more accepting and less threatening to others, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And some people begin to take on certain traits that they per- perceive as, and they lab- do label it, sometimes maybe mislabel, whatever, but they consider it to be successful. In order to be successful, what can I do? Now, some others may perceive it as simply playing the game. And in order to play that game, what must I do? So, for me, I look at it as, okay, in order for me to learn a little bit more, my language, you know, my language has never always been a, a ghetto language, you know, but uh-huh. at the same time, sometimes speaking a little bit proper actually does it. Maybe kind of lets people kind of feel a little more welcome because there's certain perceptions about you just by being who you are are already presented and they look at you and you know it. So therefore, what is going to make me kind of appeal to this person? What type of thing should I appeal? Should I change my hair? Should I do things to kind of make that happen? I'm not sure. But some people take on those traits. It's just look at the choices and the opportunities. Now, some people may say, well, it also goes by what are the situations that you're living in? You mm-hmm. can't find a job. It's easy for a person to talk when their bellies are full. But if you ain't got, <laughs> sorry to say, if you ain't got a pot to piss in and want to throw it out, <laughs> you're going to do certain things that you probably didn't consider yourself doing. And you do it because the conditions that you are in, notice I said the conditions that you're in, force you to make the right decision. Because make you to, the right decision. Well, oh, well maybe the right decision at that particular moment or, or to look at it says what is truly the core of importance. Eating <laughs> or my dreadlocks or my beard. What is it? See, that to me, that, that line of thinking puts the honest to change on us as opposed to the perpetrator 
like instead of them changing their thinking, instead of them looking at black men and not being threatened, we have to change to be less threatening, even though we're sort of just existing. Like he's a black man existing with dreads. He's not doing anything actively threatening. So what needs to happen is that they need to change how they perceive black people. And the only way that will happen is if somebody stands up and says, you know what, I'm going to speak up for me. And what I say to this person may very well change their perception of what it is that they thought that I was in the first place. Exactly. So if nobody stands up and says that to them, they may go on being ignorant because they nobody's ever said anything to them to change their way of thinking. That may change somebody else who they have contact with, and it may go on and on from there. So but you have to start somewhere with it. I do hear what you're saying, but I also have to take into consideration there's several forces that you cannot control. Oh, yeah. The media. Oh, yeah. You cannot control the media. The media has actually said several things in, in, the, in the TV, the radio in terms of what you are and you have no type of say in terms of how they perceive you in movies, how they perceive you in anywhere and people take this in. They don't do research on people. Like how much research do you do on the Asian people? How much research do you do on Hispanic people? The same amount of research you do on them is the same amount of research they do on you. None to zero. Unless you have to. So you should spend your life changing for other people? Well, like see, perpetually? Well, you're saying changing for other people. I'm saying like, changing for you. No, no, for, no. You're well, changing for them. No, no, no. no, no. Correction. What you, that's, what you said. What you said is changing to make them, well, to, to make yourself situation. seem more accepting to their environment. I'm saying look at your opportunities. I'm saying look exactly what the core it is that you're trying to change. And by the way, by the way, hold on. When you go a little bit further in the years, now right now we're living in year 2016. Mm -hmm. We're not living in 2050 or or 1942 or 1952, 1962. The changes and the opportunities were completely different back then. Mm -hmm. So when I look back at the guy who actually worked his way from the janitor, and actually learn how to look at people, what things they look at, what things, just learn about the people and the terrain that he's looking at and what he has to deal with to say, this is how I'm going to play into this to achieve the success. Do you call him Uncle Tom? Do you call him somebody giving up and changing everything? Or you just simply call him a person who's smart and being strategic and playing the game? But that's just your perception. Of but, it. I mean, we can go back to, to 1441. Go ahead. Where the first, when, um, and this is an article that I found, mm-hmm. uh, the African American Registry, uh, and I found it to be very interesting. They say, Uh, Around 1441, when American slaves were brought west to the New World, they were confronted with uh, their first loss of identity. It was then that one, and it was then that the one and only identity that they had was stripped from them. The standards of beauty that they encountered were the privileges of fair-skinned, straight-haired, and thin features in contrast to African dark-skinned, curly hair, and wider noses and mouths. Some slaves had to get accustomed to the European beauty styles to survive literally. Uh, Oftentimes they would serve as barbers and beauticians for their white owners. Other slaves attempted to stay with their traditional African hair customs, uh, like braiding hair, using the African patterns, and using natural herbs from trees uh, for their hair and their skin. So it's like some people chose to take that route that you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to do what the white man tells me to do. And some people said, okay, well, I'm going to veer all the way to a completely different area, and I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one path isn't right or wrong, but it's like you have to be able to stand for something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, what do you stand for? You have for? to be ready for, if, if you're going to make those changes, you make those changes because you want to. Not because somebody comes to you and tells you, Chris, I need for you to cut your, your beard, or Ricky, I need for you to cut your dreadlocks. 
Okay. So you have to be ready for yeah. that. That if if this is something that you've decided you're going to do, and you have a plan, and you're going to move through this company or do whatever it is that you need to do for you, then yeah, you do it. Otherwise, okay, my opportunity may not be here. It may be somewhere else. I don't have to do what you're telling me to do because mm-hmm. my opportunity stands somewhere else. No. It may be that I learned this lesson from you to stand up for myself. And I can order to take this to where it is I'm supposed to really be. Well, then you already gave yourself away. You already told you that what how much value you place upon that. No, if no, the no. Value, wait a minute. The value you just basically said was the fact that I may I basically move on because you gave more weight towards something of around you. Principle. The principle of what? Your hair? Of forcing him to change yeah. something aesthetic in order to be accepted no into purpose. this mainstream It serves no culture. purpose. That's just what, what they're telling me to do. Okay. Their perception is it's, it's all, everything is an illusion. Really? They tell you whatever it is that they want you to know and if you follow for it, then they'll tell you even more of the bullshit they want you to know. But this particular article I actually got from Bloomberg.com News. Okay. How do you define a company image quotations and why is it important to have one? A company's image is what makes it stick in the minds of potential customers. An image is conveyed by the company's colorful logos, its artistic designs, creative website, and business business cards, but it goes deeper than that. The look of your image backs up the corporate culture you've established inside and outside your firm. Is what you want to convey about yourself, your business, your product, your work ethic and your professionalism combined with the strategy you've developed to reach your target audience. It's so important because your image instantly tells all your customers and vendors what kind of company you're running. If your image is excellent, it will make your company stand out from its competitors. Now, when you actually look at certain people, you look at people and you automatically say, could this person really assimilate within the company culture? And it's a fortunate thing. Sometimes it's not necessarily a, a good thing all the time. But the reality is you look at this person who looks at all these tattoos up and down and you kind of say to yourself, what's the perception that people have about this person? He may be excellent at what he does. But the reality is the first thing before he opens his mouth is the perception that people look at. And it's unfortunate that we do not live in that world that people just automatically start thinking and of. whose fault is that? Is that's that's our fault. If why is it our that, fault? If we choose to let them do that, then is that's, our that's, fault? What, that's what happens. We're, We're perpetuating We're this idea this idea that how you look affects what you do or but what you're able to do. Once you, when you basically so you're saying that guy with the tattoos and dreads can't do the job well because of how he looks. I never said that's that. No, that said, is what is I being, never that's, said, that's what, what you're projecting. But that's I, what, I hate to be the one to tell you this. What? But the privileges that you have right now are mm-hmm. because people actually made the core difference. They said, I'm going to look at what's the biggest importance. Or, the biggest importance of black people as a whole. Or it could be because or, somebody said, I'm not going to let somebody tell me what it is I should be. Exactly. Or Give me an example. Okay. Uh, you, you think? You think? Example. Matt the, Turner. The, what? Okay. What about? He him? didn't. He wasn't complacent. He fought back. Bernard he caused him Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's. But what about some of the people that in the very high corporate positions? Uh, Harry Tubman. I completely. Who has no that. against? But you understand. The establishment. But you know. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. And I Those think changes people. start from small things. If you tell me to change okay. my hair, then, then you can tell me to change my body. You can tell me to change my life. It's gonna follow. Well, wait a minute. Because you can even flip it. You can even flip it and say, okay, well, light skin is usually what's accepted. So if flip it and you say to the person who's light skinned who has nice hair or whatever that you're not good enough but you should be darker. What does this person do? This, well, it's yeah. like the opposite of 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 racism within the the black community. It's, it's 
because usually it's the the dark skinned people. They're the ones who are not as accepted, and sometimes you can look at it and think, well, maybe they're the ones who are giving in because maybe they feel like they're not accepted by but the you're, white man. You're talking about something that's unchanging. I can't change my. You dark can skin. change your skin color. You're talking about a dark skin, something that I can't change. I still can't change myself from being African American. But at the same time, if I desire something, I want something. Don't get me wrong. If it takes an establishment who's constantly suppressing us, I can definitely see there's nothing else left but to push back. There's nothing else but left. When do you when, not push when, back? But wait a minute. Those look at the conditions. Notice that you mentioned Nat Turner. Note that you mentioned uh, uh, um, Harry, Tubman. Harry Tubman. The conditions in itself forces you to say, I have no choice. But don't you think I'm that's where we fight. are? But wait a minute. You're not this in is that. a different level. This, oh, is, you're this, is, this is not the same exact situation. So cutting your beard? But it is systemic look, of what actually Look happens. at what the core of it is. It's cutting your beard. You're not talking about changing your color or bleaching. You're not talking about changing your eye color. You're not changing anything but something that is simply an expression, put that in quote, of what but we you have think the it right is. to but do. You that. have to go you to, have to the, the, totally have to, right go to, to the root that. of the problem. Why is it that your beard or your dreads are looked at as, as aesthetically unpleasing? Right. Or why are why you are placing so much value? No, in no, no. That? It's my hair. I can do whatever the fuck I want with my hair. Okay. But yeah. you've told you've told me this business that has told me to change myself uh-huh. for their culture, for their company. And you're not. Why are you change? placing so much importance on that? And you're not willing to change exactly anything for even for a greater income, for a greater opportunity within your life, and to add that to you as an overall. You're telling me that the aesthetics of who Jobs you are. Jobs come and go. Money comes and go. My pride goes nowhere. So you're telling me Amen. you place that much value on your hair? I No, on my own personal self It's hair. That's, well, that's what that's I place what I value on. It's hair. It's no, not no. about the hair. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If it's not about the hair, so why wouldn't you change it if it's not about the hair? It's about the principle of the matter. It's about the fact that you're telling me that how I look isn't good enough for you. Let me tell you exactly the meaning of self-image. Self-image is a mental picture, generally of a kind that is quite resistant to change. That depicts not only details that are potentially available to an objective investigation by others, height, weight, hair, color, gender, IQ score, etc., but also items that have been learned by that person about themselves, either from personal experiences or by internalizing the judgments of others. Let me, the um, simple definition of a person's self-image is their answer to the question, what do you believe people think of you? Self-image may consist of three types, how the individual sees themselves, how others see the individual, how the individual perceives others see them. These three types may or may not be an accurate representation of that person. All, some, or none of them may be true. So, when so you you're hear, saying it's about perception. It's, it's your perception of what you're saying counts the most. And I'm saying but it's their perception of what they say counts the most. Wait a minute, this is self-image. So therefore, if you're putting but that you, much, you can't, but wait a minute, you can't give it to one and but, you not give it to the other. It doesn't make any but sense. But self, but now this comes down to a self-decision. Notice that the actual story was talking about your decision. Mm-hmm. What should he do? So the question is, how much weight do you put value of something that's simply an expression and it's simply an extension of you that really you can change at any time? And so therefore, you look at that and say this is just about hair. 
Chris, what is the opportunities that I have available for me, for my family, for maybe just, you know, for the fact for the company culture to change a little bit in terms of perception? But the company culture is not going to change because you're actually you're they doing did. whatever it's it is. Not, they you exactly. just gave a story yourself. I'm going back to your story. You gave a story because you were resisted to change, right? Yeah. And notice that when you change, you didn't say anything. Notice that they allow to say, you know what, other people. Because that particular, that particular person may have saw value and said, I don't want to lose something else because that may be a lesson. Now, you may say that may be going against it. But at the same time, if that person, if the next person say, you know what, I'm willing to change my hair. I'm willing to change my hair because but if you I, I see, what I just yeah, said. you're proving well, well, this point. No, no, what I said. I said no, and then they and then they hired more people with dreads. Yeah. They have, but but they promoted them yeah. maybe because of the value that they saw that they lost. Exactly. So exactly. I see. That's but, what I no, no, no. But you notice that my point. No, no, no. I'm no, actually not not exactly. Not yeah. exactly. I said no. Then they said okay. Well, we can't allow this to happen again. So they started to allow people who did not have jobs who did the job and they did the hell out of that job. Not exactly. I just chose not to because I didn't want to be the one to say for them to tell me. You need to do this in order for us to accept you. Okay. I'm acceptable the way that I am. Okay. You chose me. I didn't choose you to, to come. But to you also leader. didn't have that much value to say that you're willing to change it. So what I'm basically saying what do you mean is I that didn't have that much value. You didn't place that much value in that particular company to say I'm willing to change something. I stayed there for like 15 years. But you did lateral moves. You he didn't placed, do upward moves. He placed more value on himself. No, he placed more value. And what is and that? I did the, everything that was to do in that company except okay. management. I did everything. And because they but did you did you want to move up or did you want you were okay moving lateral? Well, who says it was lateral? I'm asking you. He just didn't go into management. I'm asking. Yeah, I just I didn't go into. I'm management. asking you. Was it upward movement or lateral? It was both. It was really both. Okay. I was able to move up away from what it was I was doing, but I did other things too that I chose to do. Because you, but you didn't care that much about management. I didn't want to do management not that way. Okay. All right. And at the same time, like I said, if I was ready to do management, then I would have done what I felt I wanted to do. If I said, okay, well, I'm going to look at my image and I'm going to do create the image that I choose to, then I, the hair would have been gone. And I would have moved into it with it being my decision to get into management. But wait a minute. It goes back to, back to what I just said. The value that you place upon that opportunity, you were willing to make that change. If I decided I wanted to. And of course. everything. Listen, he didn't say you're going to do it. He just gave you an option. Yeah. Do you want to do it or not? And you were still left with what value is it that I want to move up to management or not? So therefore, if I don't really place that much value into it, I'm not going to do anything, right? So, okay, so See, again, let's I go think, down to option. I so think you're I looking at it option. too simplistically. Like it's that it's just about the hair because it's not. It's, I mean, if you want, if you really but want wait, to look okay, at but it. wait, I'm not asking you to change your skin. Things are not that something that well, you can't just, change. I'm talking about things that can be changed. So how simplistic is that? Not it's not. It really boils down that. to it. That's it's all. About, it, it's it's about a why. Thing. Why no, is that? Why is why should that be treated with more respect than how my hair is right now? You're talking. Why should buzzing my hair? Make you respect me more because look at it from that perspective. Yeah, it's about perception, and I hate to tell you. Why this. is the perception wrong? That the way it's like when when people talk about natural hair. Oh, you can't have your hair like that. You can't have that fro. Okay. Like that's the way the hair grows from my head. Exactly. Okay. Like you can't I, help that. You can't help the way your hair grows from your head. You, you can, can help how you style it. You can how you present yes, it. You yes. Can, you can change. It however, you however, there are people who have hair. That they style, they make it look real nice. According like, to who? Ricky has his dreads, they look real nice, real neat. Like he's he has good upkeep. Okay. And there are people out there who have the same thing with their fro, with their with their locks, whatever. Okay. And they still get told, oh, you know, you need a perm girl. So wait like, a minute. You need to get that so together. So let's, let's take black out of it. What about the white guys who actually go dreadlocks? 
and you are looking well, those like those white guys I would never think of to be in corporate America. They're, like rebelling. They're rebelling by. <laughs> wait a minute! It, you notice how you just flipped it a little what bit. What do you mean? So Therefore, is different because a white guy said, "I'm going to draw dreadlocks because he may have taken on different." Beliefs. Are we speaking about black men or white men? But, but I, I want you to look okay. at. The, I want you to look at the whole picture for a minute. What do you mean? You're, because well, we're, we're going to look at it. He's still white, but he has hair like a black person, and he gets less respect. Wait a minute. So it's about perception, right? Yes, and the perception is wrong. Do you not? Oh, are you so getting it? Like it's wrong. Yeah, about me it's yet. wrong. <laughs> it's wrong to treat someone okay. due to how their hair looks with less respect mm. than someone else because of their hair. Like it's it's, it's wrong fun- either way. It's right? fundamentally well, it's wrong. It's either fundamentally way. wrong. It's wrong mm-hmm. either way. Right? Is well, wrong whether it's wrong either can way. We, can we look when it comes like to this? hair, or can I'm we, just giving hair as one example. Wait, can we look at it like this? Let's just switch gears from the hair. Let's just look at programming. Okay. That's what it really kind of is about. They want to program you to be what it is that they think that you should be. Programming. Yes. Explain. They, they tell you different things about what it is that they truly want, like the commercials and the movies and all that stuff. It's meant to capture your attention and make you think the way they want you to think. Mm-hmm. Basically. Think the way they want yeah. you to Basically. think. Basically. What if, if, you're, if you're black, this is the way you should be black. You have to be the respectable kind of black. You can't be just like you have to be like Cosby, yeah. like uh, the Huxtable Black. But, but wait a minute, you're talking about programming. I'm thinking myself programming. How I still have not got the breakdown of that. They're pretty, He's talking they're about media, like what you were talking about earlier. Their perception on what it is that their perception on what it is that they think that we should be, and they want you to line up and conform. So let's go that decision that for a minute. Be. So the Cosby's was wrong. No, no, nobody said Cosby. it was wrong. But wait a minute. But they, you, it gets treated like that's the only way you should be black. And Why maybe, is that the only way? And maybe it's like about? what you're saying. Like you get the haircut, and okay, now you're okay to be in my company because you look like the type of black man I want in my company. Let's just think and of Cosby for a minute. And maybe with Cosby's, maybe it was the white guy that was behind the show that said, "Okay, this is acceptable. We will put you out on the air now because you watered it down and you made it look like what we kind of wanted it to look like." So different world was also watered down. It didn't show different. Types of different black people, sure young that, black I'm people. Sure that wasn't what people life look like completely. But it, it shows they, all they, types they of stuff. Perception. What I'm saying is that it gets treated like there's only one way to be. Okay, so this is the reason why I'm bringing up these shows. The same show that you just brought up mm-hmm. is because of the fact the person who was actually really behind it was definitely by far Bill Cosby, who actually pushed and controlled the show to the success that it was. And then mm-hmm. it gave a threshold to shows like Different World. So therefore, sometimes a person that everyone deemed to be acceptable black actually opened the doors for a lot more other things. So why can't you just simply perceive it as... What this particular opportunity? Wait a minute! Stop! Hold on! Just a second! Just a second! Just a second! Let go of your own. But you're saying that. But you're saying that right now. You're not the person that was living in the sixties and seventies and forties that gave you all the opportunities and fought for. Do you want to talk about those people? Those people had to make some compromises at some point. We're not saying we're not saying they shouldn't. That no one should ever make compromises. Oh, but we're saying you shouldn't be forced to. You shouldn't be looked down on because you're still because you you have to be the bee in this culture. Did I say company culture? Did I say force? No. No, no, okay, let it be hold clear. you down. Sorry, I use force. force. My bad. Because everyone still well, has options. Yeah. Well, this is what I think. I think you have to have both. You have to have the radical uh, African American. You have to have the one who conforms. Because without the one who's a radical, they're not going to push uh, for us to have more of what we want. Okay. But at the same time, you you have the one who will get there and kind of open the door. But they're only going to do so much because they don't want to be looked at as the person who. Um, it's the, the troublemaker. 
So they're going to ride under the radar, but then you have the one who will say, okay, you know what, fuck that, I'm going to kick this door all the way in, and I'm going to make some moves for me and the people that are coming up behind me. I'm going to say it's both, and I'm not going to say it's black or the white. I'm going to say this person, actually, a person who appears to conform. But at the same time, they look at the overall effect that they may currently have in order for this establishment to see what they're able to bring. And that's a bit of radical internally. Yeah, on the, the hold on, on internally, but yet person. on the exterior, you just simply appeared as though you conformed. It's about that so person. The, so how come you just can't have both? It's about that person. No, when no one's saying you can't have when both. You, when a person does things like that, so I think, who said you can't have I think both. it's about you made it seem like I, the person can. I think when no. when you make the decision to do things like that, it's all about you. It's not about right. what's coming. We're talking about you. personal decisions. It's about you. But wait when you make that decision to cut that beard or cut your locks, it's about what you can get from that moment for you. It's not about anybody else. The value, the value no, place of you. The, it's right, I, I as really. a whole, you have to look at it, and that's the problem that I see with, with within our community. Gay, straight, whatever. Black people, we do not stick together. We will not because we it's it's we're too busy worried about ourselves. We're worried about hmm. what's in it for me. It's kind of funny you say that because it's so it kind of that that same thing that you just said correlates to what you guys have been talking about this entire time. You're talking about everyone not sticking together is because it's more <clears> more <throat> selfish. To where I'm saying that wait a minute, you know, sometimes you have to look at the greater good. The greater what? The greater what? The overall effect. I think what you're talking about is. But it's about you. No, listen, listen. It's about. You're worried about making that six figures or whatever it is you need to make. So you're going to do what you need to do to get that six figure. But it's not about that next person that's coming up behind you. It's not about reaching back to that person. Like, how is you choosing to get the haircut? Oh, I'm sorry to tell you. For anyone else coming up behind you. Let me be something and give you something realistic. Sometimes when you're actually in that corporate environment, and you only see that you are the only black face in that meeting, in that boardroom, you are thinking of others. You believe it or not, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you know why the people who are in the lower level positions, they look at you. They look at, they give, you gain, at hold on, hold on. You gain a certain confidence by looking at this person is somewhere that I do aspire to be. So you'd be quite surprised by you making certain decisions on an aesthetic level to be able to say, but I how does this that other person. person? Easily, because the fact they're able to see. Because what, are you reaching back to wait a minute, the person? Hold on, just a second. The, the, the person that's in the middle room. Are wait you saying, okay, well, wait a minute. I know about this, this, and this, and I'm going to help you to do this. You're, or is it that just that they see you wearing your nice shiny suit and you're coming in every day, and they see, oh wow, I want to be like him one day. You're, but you're looking not at doing, but you're not doing anything to help them. How are you? Do, how are you know? How do you know? But I'm just saying. But how do you know? You I'm made that. You, you made, I just brought it to you. You made an assumption. I brought it to you. You made an assumption. No, no. I just, I just I told let, you. I, I left the door open for you to answer that. When you are in that boardroom and you see that you are the only goddamn face, and that person's in the mailroom, and you are inspired by that person, you feel inspired to do better just as much, and you'll be quite surprised that your awards and your achievement within that position, that that particular person at the bottom level. So you're still actually making connections within corporate environments like everybody does normally, on a normal basis. And you'll be quite surprised that those people in those higher positions have helped me in my lifetime, in my experience, and I have helped them. People who actually are in lesser positions. You'd be quite surprised at the type of person that you become and what type of strategies you actually say, I want this person to be next. Hey, you know, so-and-so's been doing great in the mailroom. He'd be great in this position here. I think he'd be good. You think so? Because now you develop a respect. You respect that people actually admire. And on top of that, your achievements threshold mentally with everybody else. Well, if he can do it, maybe the guy in the mailroom can do it. 
you'll be quite surprised of the connection that you make internally in any corporation as well as also outside. So you have to be very careful when you assume that nobody's doing it for anybody else. You're quite wrong. Okay, well, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but that person doesn't necessarily have to, have to do it the way that you did it. Because if that person is in the mirror room, they may be a little bit younger than you or whatever, and they may not want to conform in that way. Maybe they want to do it the way they want to do it. So even if you do help them, who's to say that they shouldn't be able to do it the way that they want to do it? Possibility. Possibility. So that's possibly they're wrong and make that decision. Possibly they're right. It's all a chance. I found this um, report uh, from QZ.com, and it, the title is Respectability Politics, which right. is what we're talking about, basically, are making black Americans sick. The article starts, black Americans have long held, have long been told that there is a right way to act in order to secure racial equality and individual promotion in the U.S. Often these recommendations are made by other black Americans attempting to mute certain cultural aesthetics in order to make white Americans feel comfortable in their presence. And they found that it is hurting us psychologically. Um... The psychologist found that participants who both strongly believed that the world was a just place and reported experiencing high levels of discrimination were more likely than other blacks to suffer from chronic illnesses and increased blood pressure. Why? Because respectability politics tell black Americans that what is happening to them in their country is our fault. In other words, we're to blame for the 9.5% unemployment rate among black Americans, the police who fatally shoot unarmed black men, and the teachers who expect less academic success from black students. I think if we wanted to broaden this, we could talk about those black kids who walk out with their, with their, their pants hanging down, showing their underwear. They're walking down the street. They may not be involved in gangs, no violence, anything, but they look a certain way. So the perception is that they are dangerous. They are violent. And by the police, they get treated that way, despite what they may or may not have done. So you're, the, the concept is that the way you look is how you should be treated, which is so far from how people should actually be treated. The way you treat others is how you should be treated. What should and what is are completely different. I right. completely understand. And we're what trying you're to saying. change the culture. We're not trying to maintain the status quo. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to keep the status quo. What, I don't want to keep it to where perception is reality. And that's I, I want to make reality reality. Okay. That's what I was saying. The people who are the radicals, they're the ones who did what they needed to do, and it changed the culture of. For us, they made sacrifices. Right, they sacrificed the same they way people sacrifices. who who assimilated into the culture. And it's did. not. It's not they saying that they the were same. incorrect in the way that they did what they did. They did it. Uh, still believing in who they were, they didn't tell let somebody tell them that you should you're not good enough, and that's I think the biggest mistake that we tend to allow people to tell us is that we're not good enough. You are good enough, just as you are. You know the thing about it is I think a lot of people take the perception that the radicals are the only one that make changes. The radicals are the only one well, that make changes. But 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 the, I mean the thing about it is the people who actually are making the changes and making. Really, kind of like got a headway are the people who appear to conform. A lot of th- there's a lot of there's a lot of I don't I don't agree with you I because I understand, understand you may not because agree with me, in, the, the, in the wide culture the, the Black Panther Party gets treated like oh god they were they were up to something but Martin Luther King is basically a deity like and he was he was playing the game the long game mm-hmm. and he gets treated like a god like honestly. Okay. So I so, disagree with what so you're saying. So wait a minute. So Martin Luther King didn't make changes. He made absolutely made changes. But wait a minute. He was. Still I'm saying you can do both. You don't have to just do one. That's my whole point, right? 
That means your exterior is not much weight placed on your hair, on your beard, or anything like that because inside you know you have a greater agenda. So you can appear to conform, Mm -hmm. but in reality, you're not. But not everyone does that. Some people just do it. But you know what? I think we've definitely gone beyond. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're a little bit over the hour, but I definitely want to make sure that we actually move over to the Brother Speak People's Voice moment. And that's actually taking over you, Ricky. So go ahead, take it This is going to take us to a completely different uh, Which is good. I'm okay with that. Something lovely. It is. Well, I'm not going to say it's lovely, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a completely different space. The one guy who... Uh, I guess molested the, the little girl on the on the plane. No, no, no yeah. Um, American Airlines accused of failing to protect girl molested on one flight, uh, on one of its flights. And this is, uh, there's a picture of this guy. He's a, a white guy, mm-hmm. and they said the little girl was on the plane, and he switched seats with the girl so she would be by the window. So I guess they wouldn't be able to see whatever it was he was doing. I guess he starts to touch her first, inappropriately mm. on her leg. How old was she? Uh, I think she was like 12 or 13, but she was traveling alone. God. She told him to stop first, but he, you know, he kept doing what he was doing. She, he went to the bathroom, he came back, and he kept doing what he was doing. And I guess the little girl started to, to cry. And the, the stewardess walked by, and she saw the tear on the little girl's face. And I guess that's when they realized, because the girl said something to the stewardess the first time, but she didn't listen to what she was saying. So when the guy kept doing it, she started to, to cry, and then the stewardess finally saw, and they moved her from that seat. It's like, okay, well, who's to blame for this? For this little girl, you know, being it was her traveling alone, was that an issue? Should she have been with somebody else? Was it the flight attendant who ignored her cry for help the first time with the airline? Or is it just this, this guy who was just a weirdo that should have maybe, you know, somebody should have been watching a little bit closer? It's like, well, how do you... Well, it's definitely the guy's fault. But um, a lot of times I think kids don't get believed if they complain about, mm-hmm. you know, interactions with adults or other kids. So I think the the flight attendant has some level of fault in that tonight. It's exactly. a combination. Listen to the kid, yeah. It's a combination of anything. Like, in, in, like for instance, um, I'm, I think the OJ case was a combination of things. Um, we got a comment from uh, Camille. She, was, she said, this is crazy. Uh, I allowed my daughter to fly herself um, with them. Um, I wish a MF or would. It would be her last name for the airline because she would sue the shit out of this, these people. Then I got a comment from Barbara. She says uh, in this uh, society, this day and time, um, she would not send her daughter because there are too many people that are sick out there. Um, she says you can't even go to the store without somebody begging or trying to rob you over your heart uh, heart earned money but to blame the airlines she doesn't know which I guess that, that makes sense because you can't you can but you can't just because honestly no one will watch uh, your children better than uh, the parents would uh, but uh, whoever molested the child needs to go to jail or worse 30 seconds flat everyone's opinions go Ricky I agree that, with, that there should be something that should be done with the airlines they should be held more accountable to um, watching who they're responsible for, especially with the kids. Oh, no. I think the little girl should have had the aisle seat. And even if the man did change seats with her, someone should have said, hey, get back in your seat. Um, kept a better eye on her. Um, I am not sure about suing the airline because, I 
mean, it's Guy's fault. Like, the airline, like, they're working. They can't watch her the entire time. There's a certain, uh, for me, I definitely agree that there's a certain responsibility that every party holds. Mm -hmm. The airline companies can have a special place for the children. Unfortunately, they can be able to ask the adults, can you, you don't Mm -hmm. mind moving in the back here? If they're they're with their children, fine. All the children up front, Mm -hmm. uh, this is in a special particular area, whether it's in a passenger, whether it's in the front class, whatever the case may be, in a special area where they Mm -hmm. all can keep an eye on them. So therefore, this prevents situations from occurring. So, it's a sad situation, um, but it's definitely one that Everyone kind of holds uh, a bit of fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hate to say that, parents included. Yeah. So I definitely appreciate that. Thank you very much, Ricky. And, well, this topic was a little I bit... I But wait a minute. It, it, it got here well, for a good reason. Because yes, a lot of people say... It's a very divisive in- issue. It, it, and it's still... And everyone kind of walks away with in terms of whether it's conforming whether it's being not changing mm-hmm. or whether it's a bit of being both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, overall, you know, it was a great, good, great discussion. And whoever has to have anything else to say, <laughs> you can always email us at brotherspeakpod.com. Uh, email us. I'm sorry, at brotherspeakpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Or you can actually go to our website at brotherspeakpod.com. Or you can just simply go on Twitter and make whatever damn comment you feel like. <laughs> you can always go on Twitter at brotherspeakpod at Twitter. Twitter.com. Yes, please tweet us. Please tweet us. Comment on SoundCloud.com. Comment on Instagram. You know, email us. Whatever you got to do. Talk to us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, and we appreciate it. And definitely, we look forward to your comments. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Bye.